Michael Brown is going to bring the word. And so I get to, I get to do what I never get to do. I get to check out our junior high and our kids ministry. And then I'm going to check out Michael online, uh, which by the way, Facebook online is, is fantastic if you ever miss a, a message. Uh, but that's where I'm going to be because I never get to do that. And uh, there's tons of volunteers and kiddos that are being blessed right now outside these walls. So, uh, hey, without further ado, will you give it up for Michael Brown as he gives the word? Good morning, Heart Church. I'm going to start with a picture. This is kind of fun. Anybody recognize where that is? 23 years ago, my wife and I stood on this stage, and we got married right here in this room. So that was kind of fun and exciting. And as you can tell from the fantastic decor, uh, that was 23 years ago. Anyway, thought that was fun. Um, have a few facts for you that I'd like to share. Um, we just got past Thanksgiving, but um, I'm going to spend some time talking about Thanksgiving. Did you know that historians have no record of turkey being eaten? at the first Thanksgiving. Did you know that Benjamin Franklin wished the turkey was the national bird? Did you know that the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade had Central Park Zoo animals? Did you know that Snoopy has made the most appearances in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Did you know that the first professional Thanksgiving Day football game was played in 1920? Did you know that Thanksgiving was once celebrated on the third Thursday in November? Did you know that Jingle Bells was actually a Thanksgiving Day song? Butterball has had a turkey talk line open for over 35 years. Each year, there are about 46 million turkeys cooked. With a show of hands, how many of you actually made, were the ones to make the turkey this year? Look at that. Part of the 46 million. Did you know that these turkeys' tryptophan doesn't actually make you tired? Did you know that most Americans enjoy Thanksgiving leftovers more than the meal itself? Amen? Come on. You're like, hurry up and get it over with so I can have leftovers. Did you know that President George H.W. Bush was the first to pardon a turkey? Did you know, actually I hope you don't know, that the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is known as what? No, and I'll say it anyway. Drinksgiving. Yeah, and the best fact that you all want to know today, that Black Friday, <laughs> a.k.a. the day after Thanksgiving, is the, busy <laughs> Sorry. is the busiest day for plumbers. Ahem. <laughs> <clears throat> 
I feel like we should pray. (laughs) Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. Thank you for each person in this place and what you have planned for this morning. Father, may our hearts not be closed off to what we expect you to do, but be opened to whatever you want to do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, as Pastor Shane told you, um, Adam concluded the series A Hero's Journey last week in a fantastic uh, way. Next week, Pastor Shane is going to be starting a new Christmas series. So I get this little pocket in the middle, which I like the best because (laughs) nobody gets to tell me what to do. I get to teach uh, what, what the Lord puts on my puts on my heart, and it just so happens to be thanksgiving, giving thanks, gratitude. All throughout the Bible, the pattern of giving thanks is present. In the Old Testament, the command to give a thanksgiving sacrifice in the morning and at night. In the New Testament, we read and are encouraged to give thanks in everything, in all circumstances, and all the time. Unfortunately, though, you and I currently live in a thankless age. We live in an entitlement age, a culture that has more than it has ever had before, but because it doesn't have everything it wants, it permeates a state of thanklessness that we often, if you and I are honest with ourselves, fall victim to. Now, for those of us that have, this is going to bother me, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to go along for the ride. Now, for those of us that have faith in Jesus, that made it worse. Now, for those of us that have had, that have faith in Jesus and believe in his redemptive work on the cross, we have reasons to give thanks. According to the word, Colossians 1.12 says, Give thanks to the Father who has enabled you and I to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Somebody say amen. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Somebody say amen. We're also in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are, you and I, receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. But the fact still remains true. It is increasingly more difficult to rise above a thankless culture that is ready and willing to devour us and drag us into the abyss of the never-satisfying life of entitlement. But you would tell me, well, Pastor Michael, Scripture says... 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray constantly, give everything, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Is that true? Philippians 4.6, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Is that true? Ephesians 5.20, give thanks always for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that true? 
The common thread is very clear. Everything always, constantly, all the time. No exceptions, no excuses, nothing is outside that parameter. In everything, give thanks. No matter the situation, we are to find a reason to thank God. My question to you is, why then is that so difficult sometimes? Scripture gives a very clear instruction on when, where, how. I've been a believer for enough time to where I found a, maybe a comfortable place of being okay with what the Scripture says, but what my reality is. But as I was going through this message, I was having difficulty because if you know anything about my wife and I, we like to be very genuine and authentic. So we really don't hold back very much. Ephesians 5.20. Give thanks always for everything. With a show of hands... Who here thinks that's easy? With a show of hands, who does that well? With a show of hands, who defaults to this position? See, that's my point. As much as I love Scripture, as a believer, in my reality... I don't understand how that's possible. Isn't this encouraging? (laughs) The last 12 months, like many of you here today, has been very difficult for my family. It actually began in November of last year with a devastating event with a family friend. My Then my youngest son was arrested. My sister passed away. My wife and I closed our church. We lost a source of income that has resulted in mounting debt. Our oldest son was contemplating suicide, which resulted in him being a resident in two mental health facilities. And my nephew committed suicide in August. I was sitting in my chair with my, well, not the same chair. I was sitting in our office with my wife in our chairs, and I had to come up with a message about Thanksgiving. And to be quite honest with you, I was having a very difficult time being thankful. See, the reason why I share that story is because it's much like yours, but it has different details. Now, Some of us have a personality that it doesn't matter what happens poorly, it's all good, right? Well, for the rest of us, we kind of look at our circumstances and our state of life to find things to be thankful for. I was walking around my house 
cleaning up and picking up and doing these little side jobs we hosted Thanksgiving this year. And so I was just kind of finding stuff to do. You know, one of my favorite things is the magic eraser. Okay. The magic eraser is the best thing for my kind of personality where I just walk around the house aimlessly. And it makes me feel good. So I was very thankful for my magic eraser. But that's not the point. I was walking around and I stumbled upon something. It was just leaning up against the wall in a corner. And it was this sign. Thankful, grateful, blessed. And I kind of chuckled to myself and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I'm going to be doing a message on, you know, giving thanks this week. Oh, that's funny. Hmm, I put it, put it back where it was, walked away. But I couldn't get it out of my head. These three words, thankful, grateful, and blessed. When something's, so this is my process with preparing a message. You probably don't care. I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm open to what the Lord is doing throughout the week. If something sticks with me, so I have an idea where I'm going, but if something sticks with me, it bothers me. Because I feel like, okay, Lord, we're going to go this way, but if something sticks with me and I'm not trying to hold on to it, that's my indication to me and how I understand how the Lord talks to me is like, you need to concentrate on that. And so I look at that sign and I go, it's home decor. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> did the home goods person who put this together have some kind of theological position or plan? So it bothered me. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'll pay attention. Come to find out that the home goods theologian actually had a point. It was a pattern. It was a process almost. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I think of things that I'm thankful for, I often go to the ones that I feel thankful for, right? The ones that I deep down, I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful for this. Well, when you go to scripture and you see all of the, well, hmm, everything you're supposed to give, th give thanks for, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't feel thanks for those things, but I know I should be thankful for them. Does that make sense? And so I started to look into this a little bit, and I think there's something there. And it starts with that first word, thankful. Thankful. I think we think we know what it means, and we probably use it loosely, but thankful. Well, what I found is that that word thankful, hmm, it's actually a matter of the mind. Thankful. 
the state of being thankful is not one of emotional belief, but of intellectual fact. Our English dictionary defines thankful as being conscious of benefit received. In other words, you told me of something and I recognize I should be thankful for that. Does that make sense? See, we are aware and we recognize that we should be thankful, right? When you receive a gift, when you receive something, even if you don't want it, need it, anything, our obligation is to say, thank you. And it's not like we're being disingenuous. We are saying, you know, thank you. But we don't feel thankful at a heart level for that particular thing. This is where I have a problem with the Bible. Don't get mad. I'm just saying the things that you want to say. So the Bible says, be thankful for everything. Is the Bible ever going to call me to do something that I can't do? Hmm, that was a little spotty. Let me tell you then. The Bible is never going to call us to do, encourage us to experience anything that we can't. Because then we would have a reason to go, liar, can't do it. So now we know that scripture says in everything, all things, all the time, every time, be thankful. So we go, okay, I will communicate that I'm thankful for those things, but I'm not thankful for those things. Why? That's my problem. Because I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just going to, maybe this whole sermon is just going to be me complaining about the fact that I don't know how to be thankful. I just feel that there's other people out there that probably feel the same way. I'm not thankful that my sister died. Does that mean I'm going against what Scripture says? Hmm. I'll leave that there for a second. I'm not thankful that my nephew committed suicide. I'm not thankful for that. But I'm supposed to tell you, I'm supposed to say, I'm thankful for everything. You know, isn't it easy? <laughs> Isn't it easy to be thankful when you're on the mountaintop? Wow. Right? Okay. Even when you look in the past and all the bummer things that's happened, but in this moment when you're on the mountaintop, you're actually thankful for those things because where you're at now, it's okay. So when you're on the mountaintop, it makes sense. Oh, give thanks for everything. Oh yeah, get it. In all circumstances. Oh, get it. But what happens if you're a week away from tragedy? There's almost a, it's almost mean. Mm. You want me to be thankful for that? See, when we understand what the Bible's actually saying, this will make a lot more sense. 
Because thankful and thanks in the Bible aren't the same thing. The Greek word, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it because it, I may accidentally like say a bad word. So the Greek word for thanks and thanksgiving that is used in several of the verses that we already talked about is this word. Because I, literally I listened to the pronunciation 22 times and I couldn't pronounce it because the way it sounds the way it sounds is not the way it looks. And so I would try to look at it and say it and couldn't do it. And so you're just going to have to believe me this is the word. But this is what's interesting about this. What that word means is to express gratitude or showing appreciation. So when the Bible is talking about giving thanks, it's not it's not saying thanks, it's saying thanks. Now, how many of you can do a lot of the head thanks, but have maybe trouble with the heart thanks? I would have to say most of us. Because a lot of us stand and operate in the thankful zone. Because we know that we are to be thankful. And so... Thankful is a matter of the mind. Grateful is a matter of the heart. It's only until we transition from head knowledge to heart knowledge do we move from thankful to grateful. I'm thankful for you. Now, see, now, it's so funny. When you do certain messages and then like in the weeks follow, we use particular language. It's like, oh, I'm so thankful you're here. Do you? Or are you just saying that now? Right, right? Because in the head, but grateful. See, the state of being grateful is the emotion connecting to the intellectual thought. That's where we always break down because I know I should be thankful but I don't feel thankful. So what is that block? What is that wall? What is that barricade that can't get you from being actually thankful, knowing to actually feeling thankful? Because you know why? <laughs> oh my gosh, we're such, you're, I was gonna say you're welcome. Bless you. For us to, oh, this is so, so true. And I know, for us to be grateful, it has to fit into a particular box. Several days ago, as we sat there, and I'm like, Lord, you want me to come up with thanksgiving, and then you show me home decor. Thanks, Lord, for the insight. But what it really revealed in me I, jeez. For, for me, <laughs> for me to truly, this is terrible. For me to truly believe what the word says, I require God to show it or do it the way I think it should be done. Then I'll align with scripture. So for me to give thanks always, constantly, all the time, God better do it this way, 
then I'll get in line. Isn't it so that way? You know, that's why the Lord doesn't show you the path. He shows you the next step. Now, I know that everything that happened in the last 12 months in my life and how it affected me, because I love God and know God and trust God long enough to know that though it pains me, it went through the God filter. Which means, if it even, if it even, listen, if it even got within the realm of my influence or experience or anything, it got the approval from the creator of the universe for me to experience that thing. And as easy as it is to say it, it is so hard to live it because I want to be grateful. You know, grateful has a lot of power in it when you're grateful, when you feel it, heartfelt gratefulness, gratitude. In fact, there's fruit that comes from it. First is when you're living a life of gratitude, you find yourself having right perspective. Right? When we start genuinely thanking God out of gratitude, not thanking God because that's the thing that you're supposed to do at the end of the prayer, or that's the thing I need to do to motivate the troops, or that's the thing that I need to do to do the thing, but actual true gratitude from the heart, the burning yearn of your heart is to thank God. Especially for the things that we take for granted, all of a sudden our perspective begins to change. We tend to focus on the things we don't have. Isn't that so easy? <laughs> I mean, that's right, that, that's, a, that's a strategy of the enemy, right? Let's concentrate on the things we don't have because then it makes us unsatisfied with the things that we have, right? There's always a hit on contentment, right? If we were all in this room pros at being content, we could change the world. But with genuine gratitude, we are reminded of how much we do have. There's also the peace of God. Scripture tells us that in Philippians 4. I don't have that scripture up there. But in, in verse 6, it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, the word that I showed you, Thanksgiving isn't thank you, it's gratitude thank you. I truly feel it. I truly feel gratitude because you know, oh shoot, ready? Oh, I didn't realize this. Oh, I wish I had that verse up. Okay, follow me for a second. Okay, verse six says, don't worry. Several of us have heard the scripture, right? Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse seven says, and then the peace of God. So there is a trigger, listen, there's a trigger to the peace of God, right? 
the trigger is the thanksgiving, the prayer and petition with thanksgiving. The trigger of that is then the peace of God comes over you, washes you, and guards your heart. That's what scripture says. What happens if your thanksgiving is head and not heart? Now, I'm not saying this is exactly how the Lord works, but I'll tell you right now, there's a reason why Paul told the church, give it with thanksgiving, and then it follows that the peace of God comes. What if that thanksgiving isn't genuine? What if you and I are just giving the Lord lip service because that's what, because you're trying to get a result, right? You're trying to control the outcome. So A, B, C, D, E, and then then that's what happens. What if the Lord is like, you know what? I'm actually needing you to come to my throne, truly understanding at a heart level, you're thankful. And then the peace of God would come over us. Man, I didn't see that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a prize of gratitude. And then there's protection. You know, the more gratitude that is in us, the less vulnerable we are to sin. Because we are just thankful for what we have. Thank you, Lord. I don't need anything else. Thank you for what you're doing. Thankful for the flat tire. I'm thankful for the thing. I have gratitude. Lord, thank you. I'm grateful for everything that you're doing. I don't need anything else unless it comes through you. So I'm good less temptation to the sinful things that draw us out of contentment and being satisfied with God and more into the things that will satisfy us. See, this is the, okay, I'm going to tell you a secret. Ready? I got this in a really cool pastor's book. No, I'm just kidding. There are no secrets. Here's the, here's the, here's, here it is. It's a secret that the enemy doesn't want you and I to know. Gratitude is a wall that can often not be broken by the enemy. When when you're at a level of gratitude that you're just thankful, heart deep, thankful, Lord, grateful for what you're doing, it's very difficult for the enemy to get in there and have seeds of discontent grow because the, the soil, listen, the soil of a grateful heart is not a place that enemy seeds can grow very well because they get overcome because when you're grateful, okay, this is good. I, I, I'm just telling you, if you're not getting it, it's good. Just, I, I, I can see it so clearly and it's so frustrating. I can see it so clearly in my head and I so want to communicate it well. <laughs> this is so funky that it came in this form. It's a progression. I'll start at being thankful because, hey, listen, I know I, need, I know I need to articulate that I'm thankful. And then I pray that my heart follows. Right? And it often does. Listen, just as Pastor Shane was saying earlier, There are, there, there are a lot of things to be thankful for. But we have several things that we need God to show up. 
But according to scripture, I'm supposed to be grateful for those as well. But I know my God, my father in heaven allows me to feel burden and pain for the things that are happening. So I'm not going to feel guilty for that and neither should you. There is, there is a reality to, you should, we need not feel guilty for living in the moment of grief, pain, disappointment. But if gratefulness is ripe in the soil of our hearts, what will rise to the surface of our mindset and heart set will be the gratefulness for what God has done and not the pain for the things that we're still waiting for him to show up on. Does that make sense? But that, even with that, even with operating in gratitude, listen, throw Ephesians 5.20 up again. Even for what we just talked about, that doesn't get us here. We're still not there. Gratitude on its own doesn't get you here. According to, to Home Goods Theological Seminary. But what I found is that it's true. Gratitude gets you giving thanks. I'm going to, I'll concede to that. Gratitude does achieve giving thanks. What it doesn't achieve is always for everything. That's a different level altogether. Quite frankly, I would say most I'm confident in saying most believers, faithful believers, would find themselves in gratitude I would say that's where most Christians live their life is in that space of gratitude. We understand that we should truly be gracious, we should be grateful for things. And so we feel good when, yeah, we're giving thanks. We're giving thanks to God the Father, <laughs> right? We're giving thanks to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do that all day long. Gratitude gets you there. But there's that part in the middle. And see, thankful is a matter of the mind. Gratitude is a matter of the heart. Please hear me. Blessed is a matter of the soul. This is going to be a tough one to explain. And I want to make something clear here because it's important to understand this pattern or progression that I'm presenting you is not a reward system for being faithful. This is not do better, do better, do better. What's the word? Thankful. There it is. Do better, do better, do better, do better. Grateful right? You're doing all this and there's the reward. Doing all this and there's that. That's not what we're talking about here. 
I want to make something very, very clear. Positionally, if you have said yes to Jesus, you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, you believe in the redemptive work on the cross, positionally, how you sit today, sitting in those seats right now, positionally, in the eyes of God, you are already blessed and favored as a child of God. As you sit there today, what we're talking about is the awareness of that truth and what it looks like to operate in it. Does that make sense? Just because you have something, just because you are who God says you are, doesn't mean that you daily operate in that reality. Many of us do not even get close to the potential of who God has made each of us. Not even close. What I'm talking about, what this is, is awareness to something that you already have and that God has blessed you with. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, does anybody know who the letter of Colossians was written to? It was written to a church, Colossae, right? So it's written to believers. It's written, written to, not unbelievers, this is written to believers. Paul says, after saying a bunch of stuff, he says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Holy means set apart. Do you know that? So what he's saying to you, Michael, is God's chosen you. He set you apart and he dearly, not, notice that, not just loves you, dearly loves you. Different level, right? Makes it personal. Dearly loves you. The state of being, of being blessed, operates in all of the authority, all of the power, and everything that God has called you to be. That, that is what the blessed state of being is. If you and I truly knew, because none of us know it, none of us actually know it, what God truly thinks of you. He's communicated it all day long. He speaks it into our heart, but we truly don't know how God thinks of us because if we did, you and I would walk around our everyday fearless of what would ever come our way. Truly fearless and more confident in how God is speaking to you, what God is doing through you, in every circumstance that falls in that, even death, decay, destruction, when you're in a state of mind of knowing that you are blessed, chosen, holy, and dearly loved, oh, friends, nothing, and I can say nothing, could get in your way. Thankful? I'm not thankful. Grateful? 
I'm not grateful. I'm beyond all of those because I know who my God is. I know who my dad is. And anything that comes my way, my dad said yes, and I trust my dad. And so it doesn't matter. And so now all of a sudden, the life that you and I are living is not one that like, oh, I think I'm, I, yeah, I'm thankful. And oh, that was really meaningful. So now I'm grateful. No, it's all in this world of being blessed. I, you, we are children of the king. Now listen, we say that all the time and oh, warm fuzzies. It's like a blanket, neat. But we walk out that door, we get in our car and all of a sudden now we're a child of, oh, my last name's Brown and... Levin Escondido. I go to this church, though. That's, that's pretty cool. Occasionally, I get the warm fuzzies and I pray over somebody so I feel like, oh, I'm really hitting it. I wrote my tithe check. Do you know, listen. We're kingdom kids. We're kingdom kids. Do you know what a blessed state of being looks like? Adam, you stand up for a second. It looks like Adam being asked to preach. And it looks like Adam not thinking about what people would want. It's not... Adam thinking about, oh, what he should he, what should he do? How, when, where? I don't know what to do. What blessed state of being is, is walking up there and give what was in his heart from God himself and delivering to us. That's what blessed looks like. Thankful is like, oh, thanks, Pastor Shane, for asking me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Help me. Grateful? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm truly going to do my best, and I hope I make you proud. Blessed? Knowing he's a kingdom kid? It's like, yeah, watch out. <laughs> Here I come. Because I got something to say because of what my dad gave me. See, knowing and believing that you are blessed, blessed means favored, among other things. Knowing that you are a kid from the kingdom that, listen, God chose. Well, he has to because he's God and I asked forgiveness, so he has to choose me. Hey, guess what? That's wrong. Hey, listen, don't blame it on God just because he knew you were going to choose him. That doesn't mean he didn't choose you first, okay? You, I, we, chosen by the creator of the universe. Listen, this is what I love. My wife always says this to each of our kids. She says, you're my favorite. And it's like, well, in the cynical say, you can say, oh my gosh, that's your favorite and not the other one? Oh my. No, no, because you're you, you're my favorite you. And I don't want any other you. You're my favorite. See, to us, it doesn't make any sense. You had to choose me. No, he didn't. Mm -mm. He chose you. He empowered you. He bore, he poured potential in you so that you could become a blessed 
kingdom kid and walk on his creation, proud of the father that you serve, and then he just lays your path before you. You trust him. There's a step. You got it, Lord. I'm here. Let's do this. So then the last 12 months of your life isn't going to feel, oh my gosh, what am I going to be thankful for? Listen, I'm up here preaching it. I'm not living it because it's hard. I want to wake up every day and not think about the things I've done wrong in the past. I want to wake up every day and think that God is going to be faithful at this level. I want to wake up every day and not fear what tomorrow brings. I want all of those things I truly do, but I'm a very broken man. And we are very broken people. And so we just try the best we can to do here. And listen, God's not like loser, loser, winner. Like, no, that's not how this works. Okay? That's not, that's not, no. I can't believe I'm using this as a prop. It's unbelievable. Do you get the point though? Please under, please hear me. Blessed, the state of blessedness is the acceptance of what was. Hey, who here has a jacked up past? Raise your hand. For those of you not raising your hand, just kidding. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know one thing we have in common? We've all blown it. Even on the way here. But living in a blessed state of mind says, I accept my past because my father has. And I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to carry the guilt of the decisions I've made in the past because listen, I know you know this, but here, listen, Jesus said yes to you in the midst of knowing from day one to day, however you're blessed. Of every, he's got the list of them all. And he goes, "Mm, yep, yeah, I want her. Uh, Yep, I want him. Why should I spend any more time not being a blessed person by thinking about the things that I've done in the past? A blessed state accepts what was. A blessed state has trust for what is. What you're facing right now, listen, what you're facing right now comes as no, my mom told me this for years as I was a kid, does not come as a surprise to the king. The thing that you're facing is only a surprise to you, not to him. But it came through his, it came through his okay. Now, to some of you, that may be a problem because you're going through pain, difficulty. Maybe you're going through something that's very hard and you're like, God said this was okay. Listen, see, see. Then we do this. God says this hurtful thing is okay for me. God said this hurtful thing is okay to me. I get down here. Hey, who here likes to grow? 
Who here loves the pain of formation? Yeah, going through some of that right now. Don't like it at all. Thank you. But my dad that owns the house, that gives me, there is, do you know there is no hidden closet in your kingdom? There's no hidden place that he keeps from you. There's no secret place. It's not like you're a kind of a kingdom kid. No, it's yours. Wow, thank you, Lord. The state of blessedness found as a result of revelation and awareness, not achievement. The state of blessedness only comes after, that sounds so weird, I didn't know other way to phrase that. What I'm trying to say is that blessed state, blessedness, sounds so, thou shalt, whatever. That blessed state only comes after we come to the realization, oh, ready? Oh, buckle up, ready? Ready? Oh, I, 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 it only comes after a realization that we're deserving of the things that God has blessed us with. Is anybody uncomfortable with that? To take the position that you're deserving of the things that you're given? Now see, the reason why that may be uncomfortable, oh, who knows? Maybe you're like, well, heck yeah, I deserve everything I got. Okay, let's talk after. That's a different sermon. But the things that God has blessed you with, what if you were to come to a place so much so that you're like, God's covered my past, He's got my today, and He's planned out my tomorrow so that anything that comes within that, yes, I'm deserving of that because God says I was. See, on both sides of it, both the things in the flesh that are a bummer, but the things in the flesh that are great, if on both sides of those we say, yes, Lord, because you say so, ah, we get into a state of being, of acknowledging that we, in the state that you are, Benjamin, a kingdom kid, you're blessed. Hey, who, who thinks you need to feel blessed to be blessed? Anybody? Anybody, can anybody tell me what favor feels like? Yeah. See, that's the problem with the human experience. We go by how we feel. And then as a result of how we feel, we then dictate what truth is, right? Oh, I feel like that's not real. Mm. Yeah. In the blessed space, gratitude is perpetual. It's always ongoing because it's a world that you live in. You're just thankful for it all. You just have a heartfelt thanks like, you know what? That's great. Flat tire. Thank you, Lord. Most of the time. (laughs) First Thessalonians 5. Rejoice how often? I'm sorry? Pray how often? And give thanks in what? See, this is what I want to end it with. Have you ever asked yourself, my gosh, what is the will of the Lord? Just give me your will. 
Well, <laughs> listen, even if you're asking the Lord about something very specific, like you're like, Lord, I need you to answer me on this very specific thing. And he's not, he's not talking to you. You're like, Lord, what is your will? Even in the midst of the thing. See, this is how the Lord works. Oh my gosh, I love this. This is how the Lord works. Do the thing that he already told you to do and he'll show up. But Lord, I really need you to show up in this. Okay, will you just please rejoice about it? Give me thanks and pray. Isn't it funny with this? When we're on the mountaintop, we rejoice. Pray sometimes and give thanks a little. But when we're in the valley, (laughs) we don't rejoice at all. We pray a little and never give thanks. (laughs) What if we looked at the mountaintop and the valley is literally the same playing field? Rejoice always. Pray constantly and give thanks in most things. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what it says. Give thanks in everything. Let's go from thankful here to knowing I'm a son, to knowing I'm a daughter, and then gratitude for everything will be the outflow of that life. Doesn't it sound easy? I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done. But I want to put up Colossians 3.12. Last thing, and you won't have to hear me. If you heard anything I said today, change that. If you didn't hear anything I said today, Can you please walk away with one verse? And it's that one. Because if you walk out of here knowing, listen, I'm talking like knowing. Know your heart that I'm chosen. Everything that we just talked about will follow on its own. Because when you accomplish this, that your name is here Chosen, holy, and loved. Not holy because you, not holy because, oh, you need to do better. I set you apart in the discipline. You're in the naughty spot. You're in the naughty spot. You need to do better, so I set you apart as holy. No. He called you as holy. I set you apart because I chose you. I want to do something in you and through you. Not, I chose you to do better. No, I chose you to do something amazing in me. Forget everything else I said and walk away with that. Because when he said yes to you, oh, somebody really needs to hear this. Please, I'm sorry that I'm going longer. Please hear me. Gosh, I don't know who it is. The enemy wants to lie to your heart and mind to tell you that you're not worth it. The things that you've done in the past were so bad 
were so bad that Jesus didn't say yes. This is just the preacher guy doing the thing that the preacher guy is supposed to do and it's to make you feel good and be good and walk out. You, you know what? Hold on. That's, hold on. If you've said yes to Jesus and maybe you have not, I will say that. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you've said, Lord, come into my heart and be Lord of my life, I submit to you. If you've done that, I'm not saying you prayed a prayer, you did, you did contorted yourself in some way and now somebody said, you. no, I'm saying in your heart, you said yes to Jesus right now or then whenever, then you were chosen. But pastor, you don't know my past, nor do you know mine. But God does. And he says, I'm excited to see what I get to do with you. Ivan Chosen, do you know that? Do you know that? You need to know that. I'm sorry if this is awkward for people, but Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to ask as we conclude this morning that by your mercy that you would break down any hindrances right now in our hearts, any barriers in our hearts that Lord is, is not allowing the truth of your word that calls us chosen I pray that you would release that, Lord. Lord, I thank you for each one in this place right now. Lord, I pray that before anyone walks out that door, Lord, that just by, by your grace, Lord, because you love us so, would we all know chosen, set apart, and not just loved, dearly loved. Lord, I have a welling up inside me of how grateful I am. Lord, may that be the resounding sense as we leave. Lord, you are so good. And your word says your faithful love endures forever. Lord, may we rejoice always. May we come to you constantly. And may we give thanks, not be thankful, <laughs> but give thanks and gratitude for everything. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Apologies.